any partnership and any like relationship that you have with your team and the strength of your team is because you build it. It's not because it's there from the start. Hey you, and welcome to The Conscious Creators. My name is Joko de Swift. I'm an artist, a storyteller, an entrepreneur, and the host of this podcast. Every week I'm grateful to introduce you to the stories of some of the most inspiring people I'm fortunate enough to meet along my journey. We talk in an open and very human way about what it truly takes to create the life, the love, and the business that you deserve. Through sharing these stories, it is my mission to inspire you to live a fully inspired life. So let's do it. Hey you, and welcome to another episode of The Conscious Creators. In this series, we talk about how you too can consciously create a business and life you deserve. And today I'm very excited because I'm joined by my very good friend and business partner, Taylor Hurt. Taylor and I have been working together like little over five or six months now I think and she's probably the most optimistic and joyful person anyone could ever wish to have in their lives so thank you very much for joining me today Taylor. Thank you for having me I'm very excited to be on. Yeah and I think Taylor's story is very relatable to a lot of young entrepreneurs these days because Taylor actually started her business right after college you never went and like worked at an agency or anything you were just like i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna start my own business and move to bali and live the life so why did you decide immediately after college to go into entrepreneurship and not the sort of standard route of getting a job um so basically i i've never liked people telling me what to do. I've always sort of been someone who just does my own thing a little bit. Um, and I did try Like, honestly, I did try after uni to get a job. I wanted to move to Sydney in Australia um, and get a job in a marketing or advertising agency up there. And I just, I went for so many interviews and I applied to over like 60 jobs and everyone just kept saying, you don't have enough experience. You don't have enough experience over and over and over again. And I was like, well, no one's going to hire me. How am I going to get experience? And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm going to be jobless forever. So screw this. I'm just going to start my own business because if no one's going to give me a marketing job, I'm just going to create my own. Um, and so that was sort of how I decided to start my own business, but quite quickly learned that in uni, they taught me sort of the theories on, um, advertising and communications and marketing, but I knew nothing about uh, running or starting a business or how to do that. I sort of just made it up as I went along. So yeah, it's been a very interesting journey since I started. I wouldn't have done it any other way because it then gave me the freedom to be able to move to Bali, which is where we met each other. And I've literally like created my dream life in Bali I love my life in Bali so so much and I knew I know now like if I had have just had a normal job that I wouldn't have been able to do that so I'm so grateful um but yeah it has been a very interesting journey that's for sure yeah and I love how you sort of went like well if no one's giving me a job I'm just gonna create it for myself because I think that's like the basics of entrepreneurship like creating your own opportunities and going after it Um, I do feel like, especially nowadays, entrepreneurship sort of is put on a pedestal and sort of looked at as if it's like this magical thing. And it is in a way, but it comes with a lot of 
struggles and the same thing sort of like you said with you went to uni and you learn all this theoretical stuff and then you go out into the real world and very little of that is applicable so what is your opinion or like what would your advice be for people just leaving high school let's say and they want to start a business would you advise them to go to college or would you advise them to just get started i think that's a very interesting like question to ask people <laughs> um i have quite a strong opinion on college or university um as we call it in australia i don't think that my like $35,000 debt that I now have to the government was worth what I learned for the four years. Um, I think if I had have just gone to an agency and said, look, I'm a young person, I'm so eager to learn and I would love if you could give me the opportunity to do an internship and like I was bludging off my parents anyway, like they were paying for my food, my phone bill, everything. So that wouldn't have been an issue. Like we could have just kept doing that. Like, if I had have done that, I would have learned so much more than what I actually learned at uni. And I wouldn't have had a $35,000 debt to the government. So uh. yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Like we talked about this last week already for me yeah. being from Europe, you telling me that you have 35 K in like student debt. I don't, I can't even grasp that like idea. I'm very fortunate to have grown up in Europe and like there's even like countries in Europe where people can go to school completely for free but like in Belgium like we can go to school full-time for a year I believe now it's like 900 uh, euros I of course went to school in the Netherlands where it's a little bit more expensive but still it's like 2,000 2,500 euros a year which is doable like yeah. you get a student job you can still pay for that and you yeah. don't end up graduating and sort of starting your life already in debt to society um so that for me is insane especially like from an entrepreneurial standpoint i would be like just give me the 35 grand and i'll start a business with it and right. that would be a lot more like a better learning experience than me going to school for four years i do 100 believe because some people when i talk about this they're like so you mean no one should be going to uni no if you want to be a doctor please go to uni if you want to be an engineer and build our buildings and bridges, please go to uni. But if you're, you want to be an entrepreneur or anything that is a little bit outside of the box, uni might not be the place for you because that's where you actually learn to think inside of the box. Mm -hmm. um, so that especially. You did touch upon it briefly. What are some of the major struggles that you had when starting your business, starting and running your business? Because of course, running a business is also a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think starting out, it was sort of just the, the main thing that I struggled with was knowing, like I knew I wanted to do something to do with like content creation, social media, that along that sort of line, because that's what I was super passionate about. Um, but in terms of like actually knowing how to figure out like how to create a target market and what packages to offer and how to price them, like, when you're an 18 year old, uh, sorry, I was 20, uh, yeah, 22 at the time. When you're a 22 year old young woman, you don't know, like if you've never worked in an agency, you don't know like, okay, well this would be a good package. And this is what, um, this is what I should price it. So it was a lot of learning at the start. And, um, 
I did some market research. I got a coach that helped me at the start um, just for about six weeks to sort of get things going and just to give me some confidence in what I was actually doing, what, what I was trying to create because without that guidance and without doing a bit of market research around like what people actually want, um, I just felt like I was sort of running, but I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing. Yeah. I remember when we met and this is like a funny difference, right? So I'm very much the type of person that was like, I was accepting gigs where I didn't know what I was doing, but I was very confident I, was fig I would figure it out. And because I was confident I would figure it out anyway and work hard, I was charging premium prices. Whereas you were at a point where you were like, I just want more clients, so I'll charge less. And yeah. I remember like us having that conversation of me telling you like, you're never gonna like grow unless you start charging more. And that made you so uncomfortable because the idea of charging more, the whole imposter syndrome, money mindset issues sort of came up mm -hmm. and you were very much, yeah, but I don't, I don't know how to do that. And I would be like, but then you figure it out. People pay you to figure stuff out that they don't want to figure out themselves and that yeah for sure well my, when i went to oh, sorry no sorry. i think we glitched for a minute could you yeah. go ahead <laughs> um i was just gonna, when i first moved to bali uh the imposter syndrome was like insane because i was like first of all how have i just moved to bali which had been my dream for like four years so i'm like how did i even get to bali and then how are people actually paying me to do this stuff for them when like i've never worked in an agency i don't actually really feel like i know what i'm doing but they're paying me so the the thought of even having people pay me more than what they were already paying me when already the imposter syndrome was like quite strong and quite bad was just like I had never even thought about it properly because I was like no I don't know what I'm doing like I can't do that but it's so. funny that you say that because you have it with I never worked in an agency and I for the longest time had it with I don't have the degree <laughs> because I went like I studied music in college And I didn't yeah. even finish that. Like I did the three out of the four years. I built my business along the way. And for the longest time, I was like, yeah, but I don't know what I'm doing because officially I don't have the degree. Yeah. Um, so it's funny to like, you have the degree, but then you don't have the experience in an agency. And so that is giving you that imposter syndrome. And for me, it's like, yeah. I have the experience. I don't have the degree. And that is giving me the imposter syndrome. So like, I yeah. think we always like, find a way to doubt our own skills and knowledge. Yes. And I think that's something about our partnership that I'm so grateful for is that we constantly remind each other of it. Yes. Like you tell me all the time, like, you know what you're doing. Why are you doubting yourself? And I also sort of like, when you ask me questions, I'm like, you know what you're doing. So just do it. Yes. This it, is, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, I think it's the first time because I've been doing it for entrepreneurship can be quite lonely and I've been doing it by myself for so long that this is really like a breath of fresh air and now I sort of don't understand why I didn't partner up sooner. Mm -hmm. Of course I do because then I wouldn't have partnered up with you and like sort of 
for like for me it does feel sort of like a match made in heaven it didn't at the start though uh yeah. now it does but it didn't at the start and i think that's also a topic that is interesting to talk about because we're always talking about like business partnerships or like um having a great team and i think now for us after like months of working together we sort of realized like any partnership and any like relationship that you have with your team and the strength of your team is because you build it it's not because it's there from the start and so maybe you can sort of like give your very honest take on what it was like when we first started working together and then i'll sort of like tell my version and it's going to be funny because they're very different yeah so basically when Yoko and I started working together, I was very excited because if you guys don't already know, like Yoko has worked with some absolutely epic clients like Samsung and Spotify. And so I was like, so mind blown that she even wanted to work with me to begin with. Um, and then when we started working together, I think we quite quickly figured out that your expectations and standards of work versus mine were very different because you obviously know sort of what the standard should be at like an agency level, but I was just doing like what the standard should be of like what Taylor thinks the standard should be because I never knew any other standard. So for like, I think it was okay when we were in Bali together because we were in the same country and you could help me and I could ask you questions and that sort of stuff about I think it became very apparent to both of us when at Christmas time I came back to Australia and you went back to Belgium and we were trying to I was working on my other business plus Unbound plus I had a part-time job um, while I was back for Christmas and trying to juggle those three as well as communicating with each other when we're basically in completely polar opposite time zones um, and then having very different standards of work and expectations as to how the work should be complete uh it became very apparent very quickly that um we had some sort of learning to do my my learning needed to be about like what the standard should actually be of the work that needed to be complete and i think you also had to learn a little bit like along the lines of not everyone has the same work uh ability as you because you can work for like 14 15 16 hours a day and if i tried to do that i think i would actually like have a nervous breakdown and die because i would be so exhausted <laughs> so it was just a little bit of learning on both of our parts you're being so nice about it you're being so <laughs> nice about it because this is like the version that you tell people after the events have happened because it's not like in my version like it's not how it went down but this is what we learned from it it, like afterwards after we processed it while we were in yeah, it though yeah. I think it, we really did have a moment <laughs> where we were both ready to throw the other person out of the window like um, we got so annoyed at each other and we triggered the shit out of each other because I have this limiting belief that in order to make good money you need to hustle you need to work hard and that's something that I've been changing in like, you need to work smart, which already I felt like I was doing, but still like, I know I'm like, I'm a workhorse, right? I can literally do the job of like four people by myself. And I like to, and I have a really big ego thinking that I do it better than other people. And the thing is, as long as you're working by yourself, that's fine. 
and I'm joking about this because of course it's not true. I don't do it better than other people. I like to believe my ego likes to believe that I know how to do this better than other people. And so what happened at the start was like, I was doing 16 hour days and Taylor was working a part-time job at the time because it's a startup. We're still trying to like make money. And I just didn't understand why Taylor couldn't go come home from her part-time job and pump out eight hours of work to compensate for my 14 hours of work that I had done. And we had problems with being able to reach each other. Um, I'm like, no matter what happens, like the consistent thing for me is I work. Whereas for you is like, which is where I needed balance in is like, your consistent thing is self care. Mm. If you feel off work is the first thing to go. And you go to self-care, which is such a healthy thing to do. But for me, that felt so weird. I'm like, why are you not working? (laughs) And it got to a point where we did have a conversation and you said some stuff and I said some stuff. And I think we both needed to hear it. But like for a good like two days, we both walked around with like bruised egos because basically Taylor had to tell me that I needed to realize that other people weren't me. And that because I chose, chose to work 14 hours a day, I couldn't expect other people to choose the same thing. And afterwards, I was like, wow, that's powerful because you told me you choose to work 14 hours a day. Whereas for me, that never actually felt like a choice. It felt like this is just what I do. This is how I'm built. This is how, how I function. So that was it. And afterwards, it, she was right. But in that moment, my frustration also came out and I told her, and you can't expect to build a successful business if you're only working six hours a day and not actually living up to the standards and like training yourself and all this stuff to actually deliver work that people can go on and recommend to other people. Like you can't expect all that stuff to happen if you're not willing to put in the work. And And I think it's both. I think it's definitely both. Like you need to... You, you shouldn't be working 16 hour days, but yes, you do need to, especially in a startup, be working, working on it more than six hours a day because that's what it takes to grow. But like you said, my priority for me is always how I feel inside. And if I've, if I've worked my part-time job and then I come home and I've worked on the business and I feel like I can't keep my eyes open anymore, I'm going to go to bed because that's what's important to me. Like feeling happy and good within myself is the most important thing. And then then work comes next. So yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, it was a learning curve, but I also think like that conversation needed to happen because I think at that point, I I also told you like, this is the final time that we're going to be talking about this, like take your responsibility or like, this isn't going to work. And the lovely thing about us is like, we never shied away from an open conversation even if egos got bruised along the way. So you were like, okay, got it. And the next day, even though we were still a bit like, oh, we had this uncomfortable conversation, we just got to work. And you took your responsibility. And I, with trial and error, let go of some control of sort of like, okay, look, if everything falls to pieces, it's not my responsibility. This is your responsibility. This is my responsibility. And I'm here to help and vice versa. But we can't like keep meddling in each other's stuff all the time. And it's now like fast forward, like, what is it like four months? 
four yeah, months. About yeah. I like, we work together so well. It's like, I could have never imagined it at the start. Like if you look back at the conversation we had <laughs> back then, how frustrated we were with each other to like how we function now. And like, yeah. I don't ever question that like something isn't getting done. Hmm. I'm just like Taylor's on it and vice versa. And I think the, that also translates in how we are building a team because I remember in the beginning when I started out in business and I was hiring people, I was expecting them to know what I wanted without me being able to communicate it to them. Yeah. And that's something that like, you're so good at, like Taylor is such a, a people person. Mm-hmm. She's like in that aspect, like fulfills me very well. And because I love people, but I like, I always say I like people. Taylor <laughs> loves people. Like I love certain people. Taylor loves everyone. Everyone. And she ter- thoroughly enjoys like going back and forth with the staff and our team. And that's lovely because it saves my energy. Um, and it's also because we've sort of gone through that ro- roller coaster on our own. Like we now understand like if someone isn't understanding how to do their job, it's probably because we are not communicating it clearly to them. If someone needs assistance with something, we need to be able to train them to do the job. And I'm like super proud of like how we've managed in such a short time to build our team. Um, What would you say is like the biggest lesson you've learned since we partnered up? Ooh, that's a really hard question. Because I feel like we've learned so much from each other along the way. But I, know, like one. So I think if if I put it down to just one sort of overall thing, it would be um, learning to um, learning to understand how other people work because I've never worked really with someone else and so when I had to work with you it sort of um was difficult for me at the start because our expectations weren't the same and then I have limiting beliefs and I felt like I was letting you down letting the team down and like all of these things kept coming up um and then with you working 14 hours like I was feeling guilty and me not working that many hours but I just sort of had to learn that like different people work in different ways people function in different ways. We have different ways of communicating. We have different ways of receiving love. Like I know that your love language, one of your top love languages is words of affirmation because if you ever call me and you're stressed or you're upset or, or something, I can just like, we can just talk it out and I said, okay, this is, it's going to be okay. Like you're an amazing, strong woman. You can get through this blah, blah, blah. And we go on and like, it's just sort of, I guess, learning how to do life with another, human because we are so our lives are so intertwined now and especially like when we're living in Bali together we literally spend 24 7 together (laughs) I yeah I have to admit that when we were living yeah when we were living in Bali I went on a couple of dates with the different people by the way um (laughs) and I think two of them asked me on the first date they asked me so who is this Taylor person and are you dating them and I'm like, no, they're like my business partner. They're like, 
She's like my best friend and my business partner. And we just do life better when we are together. <laughs> We're like the yin to each other's yang because exactly. the things that I'm really good at, you could take some, some help with. Yeah. From me. And the same thing, like the things that you're really good at, I could learn those things from you as well. So we're like a perfect combination. And that's why I think like our business is going so well now and what the team's growing so amazingly. And like we talk every day, like our communication's great now. We don't argue or like get stressed. We just know like the other person is on their shit and like getting it done and we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And I think also the thing that you said about understanding how other people work has helped us but especially you because you do most of the hiring yeah to understand how to talk to each of the team members to get the best out of them and taylor has also like we started doing team week meetings with the team weekly meetings and can you sort of like talk everyone through like how you conduct those meetings because i think they're lovely I, they're like my it's literally like my highlight of the week might i add because it's just anyway so we start the meeting and everyone we go like one by one around the meeting and everyone has to say what they think they did well this week what they think they could improve on and then their intention for the next week and then after everyone goes around and does that i go around and give everyone uh, some positive feedback on something that I think they did well that week because I'm the person that is always sort of talking to everyone and everyone is reporting to me. So I know what everyone's working on all the time. So I give everyone some little compliment as to what they've worked well on and then we just go on our merry way. It's great. Yeah, I think it's lovely because especially in those meetings, like we focus, we never say like you did something bad. We addresses as like, how can you grow? How can you improve? Because, and that's something, especially for me also, I've learned over like the past year probably is like, I'm very much a perfectionist and it's something like, sometimes it's good, but often it just holds you back. And it also puts judgment on other people. So if people weren't living up to my expectations, I would be very judgmental. And like, I couldn't understand why. Whereas now I'm like, first of all, I'm not perfect. So I can't expect anyone else to be perfect. And then also understanding that we all grow so much. And like, I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with you, like from where we started when we first started out to who you are now as a person, but also especially like as a marketer, as a team leader, like you've grown so much that like when we address these meetings as a place of growth and appreciation, I remember the first meeting, everyone was a little bit like, what is this? What do you mean? Like, what did I do well this week? And Taylor was like super excited. And we have a lovely guy in our team who's equally excited as Taylor every time he's on those meetings. He does like little dance moves with his hands and stuff. Um, but now like we're like a couple of weeks in and everyone's just used to it. And we all come to the meeting prepared with like what we want to say for that week. I am wondering how you're looking at scaling a team because of course now we were still manageable by you alone in a couple of weeks months you're going to have to hire people to manage the teams for you Mm. how are you looking at that well in terms of like the actual what needs doing i've sort of 
I've already started documenting like what I do in my day to day so I can start like teaching that to someone else. But in terms of the actual hiring and I think because the, the next few people that we're going to need to hire, especially if we scale the team quickly, or the most important people we're going to need to hire are going to be the project managers and the account managers. Um, I think the interview process is going to be, I might maybe even do two rounds of interviews instead of just one, because they're going to be the ones that they're going to be the new me in terms of leading their little teams and they're going to be the ones reporting to me and I'll be looking after the project managers and then the project managers will be looking after the video editors, podcast editors, copywriters, everything like that. And it's so important that they have qualities that we think are good for a team leader. Um, they need to be good at their communication skills. They need to be good with leading people. They, they can't be afraid of conflict if they have to tell someone that they've done something bad or not bad, but like it needs to improve. They need to understand the standards that we have, that we now both have, not just you, um, <laughs> because they are high and we do, we do expect perfection. We don't want there to be mistakes in any of the work that we're producing um, because we want to be able to use all of our clients' work as examples when we're talking to potential potential clients that haven't um, come on board yet so we have very high expectations so we need somebody and we also need somebody who shares similar values as us I think that's kind and caring motivated and driven um, and sort of understands what we're trying to build and, but also who we want to be while we're trying to build it because we don't want to get someone who's really good at uh, telling the team what to do and has super strict standards or whatever, but then they're a total asshole to everyone. Like we don't want someone like that. I think our team, even though it's remote, it's so important for us to feel like we're a little family, like we're a little cohesive, tight knit family um, that all get along really well. So I think that's sort of how I'll look at building is just like hiring people that have those certain aspects to them and making sure that they are really good at managing the team um, so that I can then step away from managing the team and just manage the project managers. I think there's one thing in there that you said that you might be able to give your take on because we are both not the best people when it comes to conflict. <laughs> my nature is avoid conflict at all costs. Like I'm the forever diplomat. Like I am very much learning of like, this is a conversation that needs to be held. And like, sometimes then it comes out very, very blunt, but we're sort of accepted like between us two, we've accepted, like if it comes out, at least it comes out. It doesn't really matter the way it comes out. But you had also, you also are pretty conflict avoiding when it comes yeah. down to it, you have like the biggest mouth and you will blurt out whatever comes into your head. But when it comes down to it, you are a people pleaser and you don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. What was your experience? And I think you know what I'm referencing. Yeah. To what was your experience with that when we had one person on our team that we needed to have a little conflict with? Are you when we had to fire them? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so just for the audience, Yoko told me. So we had an editor and with the first sort of round of um, packages and offerings that we were doing with the video production side of things, we were offering a 24 to 48 hour turnaround time on all of our videos. And this guy's internet was super slow. So it was taking him like a full day just to do one video and our other editors could do sort of 
maybe three or five. four. <laughs> yeah. And so Yoko was like, okay, this guy needs to go. And I was like, oh, she's like, you have to fire him. And I was like, oh my God. And my okay. Heart. First of all, can I sort of elaborate that I wasn't like that cold. I was like, this guy has to go. We tried like negotiating oh, with yeah. him. Um, he then said that his internet was fine. It, he was still being super slow. He didn't communicate about it. Um, and he just apologized and there were errors in his edits. Like it was a whole ordeal of stuff. And because we had recently started working with him, I felt like there were too many errors in his work for yeah, us like to be able to order. improve upon it quickly and to actually reach that standard that we needed to reach. But because Taylor is in charge of hiring, I also felt she was in charge of firing. Also, to be honest, because I knew you sort of needed to have that experience because in the beginning when Taylor started hiring people, because she loves everyone, she, I asked her to like put together a database of video editors and rate them like from high to low so that if we need to hire someone new, we can just hire the top person. And then like, if they're not available anymore, go down and down and down. But Taylor, because she loves everyone, she likes everyone. Everyone was getting super high scores because they're such nice people. And so she sort of like went through that whole process of learning, like someone can be super nice and still not be a match for our business. And so she hired the guy and he needed to go. So I told her, Taylor, you're going to have to call him and fire him because it's not working. And how did that go down? Um, well, I basically felt like my heart was going to burst out of my chest. And I felt like I was just going to ruin this guy's life because I was so, I had to fire when I was in, when I was at uni, I had to fire someone at my mum's work because I used to work for my mum while I was studying. And when I went to fire her, she like started bawling her eyes out saying like, no, like I need my permanent residency in Australia because she was from India and she was living in Australia and she needed this job to get her permanent residency. And she just found out two weeks ago that she was pregnant and she needs money to feed the baby. And she was like standing there sobbing. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most traumatic experience of my life. So I said on that day, I was like, I'm never going to fire anyone again in my whole life. And then Yoko's like, you have to fire this guy. And I was like, so I was like, Willie, oh, I was like, um, I just sent him a message saying we need to have a chat and can he please call me on WhatsApp? Um, or I was going to call him on WhatsApp and I called him and I was like, I'm really sorry, but the standard of work that we're getting and the turnaround time is just not up to the standard that we have with this agency and it's not going to work out moving forwards. And he was just like, okay. And it was like a minute 30 conversation. And I was like, oh, was that it? Oh, that was sort of easy. <laughs> yeah. And I remember because we, I remember us prepping the conversation. You made notes. Like you asked me, what should I tell him? I was like, you just tell him. Like I gave you like points. And then you were like, what if he's like, no, it's <laughs> happening. I'm like, first of all, very unlikely that it happens but just in case this is your reply so like you had all these replies to like whatever possible reaction this guy might have um and yeah i think we went through like a couple of these bumps in the beginning when hiring people i remember another guy we work with adobe premiere pro uh, at unbound 
and we had a guy and this is like I am all for like semi faking it until you make it like I am the first person to like say yes to a skill that I don't have and then learning learning over the weekend before getting started but this guy had basically told us that he was able to work in Premiere Pro and then the day that he gets hired he's like oh I don't work in Premiere Pro but I can do it in Final Cut for you and I'm like yeah but you're working at an agency we share files like you need to be working in Premiere Pro and Mm -hmm. You started doubting yourself because you were like, did I not ask him? You worked in Premiere Pro. And I was like, no, he signed a contract. In his contract, it says that he needs to be working with Premiere Pro. And these are like some of the hiccups. And that's why I'm like, it's not about hiring the right team. It's about building the right team. Mm -hmm. Because we have some people working for us now. Like if you look at where they're at now compared to where they started, and that's all because you train them and you like give them feedback and I know every time in the beginning when we hire someone sort of the same way that like you know that when I call you stressed you just need like words of affirmation I know every time that we hire a new person the first week will be super stressful for Taylor and I will just have to like remind you that it's okay this happens every time we hire someone you need to train them give it two, three weeks, they will be able to work completely like on by themselves and it will be fine. And I think you're doing a beautiful job, but it's also important, like just to open up that conversation, especially for aspiring entrepreneurs. If you're thinking about scaling or anything, Mm -hmm. you build your team. Mm -hmm. You can hire very talented people, but you build your team. And that's something I think you did of course, like I participated, but the majority of the work on that is like yours. And I think that's something that you did beautifully. If there's one thing that you could change about the way that we went about it, like a mistake that you wish we hadn't made, what would that be? Um, about hiring? Building a team, hiring, scaling. Hmm. I wish I fully understood at the start when we first, when we were hiring our first round of editors, like what the expectation was because like you just said before, I was like, oh, they're really nice. Like they're nice. This is a nice person. Like, oh yeah, I'll give them a good score. And then they would have super slow internet or wouldn't be, would make lots of mistakes and spelling mistakes or whatever it was. Whereas now, like when I have an interview with someone, I make them like share their screen on Zoom. We do an internet speed test on the thing. I'm like, I go through all of their example videos with like a fine tooth comb, like picking through them, looking for absolutely anything that I can find. Um, So I think if you are sort of starting out, know the expectations as to what you are going to expect these people to do and what the work you're going to expect from them and make sure in the interview process that you actually test to see if they can do what you want them to do. Because if you hire them and then they can't, it's a lot more time consuming to have to train them and get them up to that standard. Whereas if you just hire someone that's already at that standard from the start. Yeah. And I think also for us it's like about sort of learning our own standards along the way um i think that's also a thing like we started out with an unlimited package 
um, where people could basically submit a limited amount of videos a month, but we have a conveyor belt system, like you get a return every 48 hours. And that seemed like a really good idea and I'm sure like it can work, but for us, what we've noticed is like the clients that aren't willing to pay for like a full-time video editor, but want like full-time results are the worst possible clients you can work with. Yeah. And so we've decided like recently to not offer that package anymore and instead like offer people one video a week, two videos a week so that they know exactly what they can be expecting because we get a lot of sort of, we have understood that when you build a team or anything like in business, or if you work with a separate agency, the result is only going to be as good as your briefing. Like if you don't know how to tell someone what you want and need, how are they supposed to deliver? And what we were seeing with like the cheaper packages, the all in packages was that people were not putting any effort in to briefing our staff, but then getting angry when it didn't look like what it needed to look like. Um, how, ha how would you advise someone to deal with obnoxious clients? <laughs> um, <laughs> be very patient. Um, it's funny that you asked me this actually, because you've had to help me a lot with this in terms of the clients that I had for my other business of um, dealing with them in a more, what's the word, like a, a more kind way. I think um, just watching the way that you word things, always trying to make it sound like it's coming from a place of we're here to serve you. We're here to help you. We're here to help you grow your business we're not able to do that if we don't get these things from you or if you're not briefing us properly. Um, so if you could do that, then we can help you take your brand to the next level, framing it in that way and always sort of looking about or putting in your sentences or, or the words you're typing or however you're talking to your client, the benefits that, that they're going to see because that's what they want to hear about, right? They don't want to hear, oh, well, this is really hard when, when you don't brief us properly because our staff can't do this and blah, blah, blah. They want to hear, well, we're really committed to growing your brand and helping you grow, but we can't do that unless we get briefed properly. So if you could brief us properly, then we can help you take your YouTube channel or take your social media to the next level. I think just reframing the way that you think about how you talk to your clients um, then you're going to keep them happy. And if they're happy, the more happy they are, then the less of a pain in the ass they're going to be most of the time. Um, if they're speaking to you rudely or being obnoxious or whatever, make sure to ha like set your personal boundaries as well and say like, I don't appreciate the way that you spoke to me. Um, I'm still a human being just because I'm providing a service to you or whatever. But yeah, I think just being really clear about the benefits and how you're helping that person so that they get reminded of that and then they're not going to be so painful, hopefully. Yeah. I think that for me is something actually I learned. I did a very brief stint as a customer service rep at booking.com and they train their people in, in like very thoroughly, like six weeks of training. And the first thing that they said is like, you never tell, you never use a negative phrase verb in a sense of like, you don't say don't do that. So instead, like, for example, we have people not briefing us, briefing us too late when we have a 48 hour turnaround time minimum. And then 
them briefing us and expecting to see a result in 12 hours and getting upset when it doesn't happen. It's a very natural thing to then go into your ego and be like, well, it's not my fault. Mm. You didn't brief me. Instead, how we sort of try and phrase it is like, hey, Scott, we don't have a Scott. So let's use Scott as an example. Hey, Scott, um, we are we are 100% committed to help you grow on YouTube. If you can brief us, or I, I would say we are 100% committed to growing you on YouTube. Love what you're doing with this video. We do have a 48-hour turnaround time. So keep that in mind for next time. We will do our best to push this video out as quickly as possible. But we, but um, keep in mind that it might not go live until tomorrow. Which is a very different thing than telling him, you briefed us too late, so it's not going to go live today. Yeah. We're still telling him it's not going to go live today. But we're sort of telling him, like, we're very excited about this. We'll get it live by tomorrow. Next time, brief us 48 hours in advance. Um, and that like, for me at least seems to work, but it's also like you say, like setting personal boundaries and sort of also what we do, what I'm very happy with, like our partnership is we very much understand that we're building, sure we're building a business, but we're also building a life. And yeah. if it doesn't feel aligned with the life we want to live, it's just not worth it. And that is, especially because I'm more on the business development side and your operational side is I think where I want to say thank you because like, it's been a lot of pivoting. It's mm -hmm. like, Oh, we can get all these major clients and it's very easy to say yes, but my gut is telling me that that's not the way to go. That's not going to bring us fulfillment. That's not how I want to grow this business. And never once have you questioned me in that mm. you're just, because okay. Yeah, for, for me, it's like we we're talking about at the start of the episode, it's all about self care and about how you feel on the inside. So if you feel like, like the other week, you have um, sent me a message saying like, I'm going to, it's 5.30pm, I'm going to stop working. I know I haven't finished the website. And I said I would and I woke up the next day and I said, Yoko, I don't care because for me, it's not about getting to the milestone. It's about how we get to the milestone. And if you feel like you want to stop at 5.30, when you, you get up at like 6 a.m. and have a call with me straight away when you get up every morning at like 6 a.m. and then you work till like 5.30 p.m., that's still a lot of work. And so if you want to go for a walk at 5.30, like who am I to judge you? I am the biggest advocate of feeling happy inside within yourself. And so if something isn't making us feel happy or it doesn't feel in alignment, then let's not do that because we're not building this business together just to make a certain amount of money so that we can be rich. It's like we're building it to build a lifestyle that we want to live because both of us value freedom and we want to be able to travel around the world and we both value our family and we want to be able to take our families traveling with us. And there's so many things that we value. And so there's no point in hating our lives trying to get to that point. I would rather like my life, love my life and it take an extra five or 10 years to get there versus hating it. And I can do it in like two or three years. Yeah. And I think that's something that I very much needed to learn from you because for me, I, I'm very goal oriented. And that's also like an issue that we ran into like two weeks ago when I realized that the goals that I've set for myself, which seem to be long-term goals are probably going to be here in like the next couple of months 
And my brain was like, now what? And so I started self-sabotaging and sort of trying to push those goals off because like, no, because if I don't have a goal, what am I working towards? And in a sense, that's true. Like we all need goals to work towards because otherwise you feel sort of directionless. Um, But what you showed me was like, it is fine to enjoy, enjoy the scenery on your way to your goal. Whereas I was very much like, tunnel vision everything's pitch black and there's like a goal at the end of it which makes me very very effective mm-hmm. but I miss a lot of like what's going on around me while it's happening yeah. and I think again in that aspect you are truly the yin to my yang because mm-hmm. I help you stay focused where you help me to yeah. see the beauty around us while it's happening and yeah. Yeah, I'm forever grateful to Emil um, for sort of, yeah, telling us like, hey, you guys should work together because I didn't see it at the start. And even like, if you go back for a month, like after a month of working together, we were literally like, not at, at each other's throats, but like ready to just throw in the towel and go like, fuck this shit, I'm done. And look at us now. Lucky we're both very determined. Yes. And we're truly just better at life together, I feel. I agree, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Taylor, for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I love you. And I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye. (laughs) There you have it. That's it for this week's episode of The Conscious Creators. Make sure you share it with a friend, family member, or loved one who you think could benefit from hearing what we discussed today. And remember, you are powerful beyond belief in your own unique way. The possibilities of how you choose to learn, to love, and to live life are limitless. And the most amazing thing is that the choice is completely up to you. My name is Yoka. Tune in next time for another episode of The Conscious Creator.